Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you. All right, um, I think universally folks here in Houston, and maybe even outside of Houston, think that D'Amico Ryans did a great job conveying his message Letting us, uh, letting those who didn't know him get to know him a little more at his press conference last week. He was a- basically Winston Churchill. A there, plus, John. absolutely. Yeah. He was. That's a, I've seen that mentioned. He was uh, tremendous. He's yeah. somewhere between Winston Churchill and Frederick Douglass in terms of oratory uh, yeah, ability. That's yeah. a take that I've heard quite a bit phrased exactly like that. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's like all the best parts of yeah. Winston Churchill and Frederick Douglass. A lot of people were saying that. Thanks, Romo. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many times has Romo been compared to Frederick Douglass? <laughs> the answer is zero. Yes. Okay. Here was D'Amico Ryan. Just as an example, here was D'Amico Ryan's talking about the various influences on his coaching career. What I've learned about this part of it, the, the head coach, the what I've learned the most about it, being with, it's all about collaboration. Right? And that's what I learned the most, and that's what excites me to be here working with Nick and being able to truly be aligned and build a team together. Right? When, we're, when we're scouting players, right, it's the scouts looking at a player, it's coaches looking at a player, everybody having their opinion, but we all can come to an a, agreement. If it works for us or not, it's okay, but everybody has a voice and everybody will be heard when we talk about players. All right, I had the wrong cut there. That was D'Amico talking about collaborating with Nick Casario, and I think it kind of illustrates my point. It doesn't matter what he was talking about last week. He did a tremendous job in the press conference. However, words of caution, uh, just because a coach crushes the press conference doesn't necessarily mean that things are always going to work out in the end. Conversely, if a coach fails miserably at the opening press conference – it doesn't mean that they're going to fail at being a head coach. So I like to illustrate my point by pointing out the opposite. The, the coaches that made us kind of roll our eyes at their opening press conferences, I would submit there are at least two, one of which is still alive, that after the first press conference, I know I was. I don't want to put, I don't want to put my opinion on everybody else. I know I was like, okay, well, that ain't working out. Um, here was Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions head coach, in his introductory press conference prior to the 2021 season. Here's what I do know is that this team is going to take on the identity of this city. All right. And the city's been, been down and it found a way to get up. All right. It's found a way to uh, overcome adversity. All right. And so this team's going to be built on, uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth. All right. And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, 
we're going to get up and on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right. Mm. And we're going to stand up and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you before, before long, we're going to be the last one standing. All right. So that was Dan Campbell. Um, so the, uh, the kneecap biting was graphic. It was graphic. graphic and also a little bit, you know, the whole thing I never understood about that thing yeah. was, uh, I talked to Steve McKinney, who was a, a teammate of, uh, of uh, Campbell's at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, Campbell is just Campbell. He's just, you know, you go out to his ranch, McKinney and his brother and Seth McKinney went, went out to his ranch and, and, and helped him. <laughs> You know, do ranch stuff uh, a couple times, and they're like, "Yeah, he's just he's just a rancher from whether he's from West Texas or Oklahoma, wherever he's from." Um, and uh, the the biting of the kneecaps, it feels like that would be frowned upon out in uh, actual ranch there. Like, did Dan Campbell grow up actually getting in fights with with like when he came home and did he say, "Daddy, I did you proud today. I got in a fight with somebody that called me yellow." And he said, what'd you do, son? I, I bit him in the kneecaps. Both of them. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> He's coming home with teeth marks on both kneecaps. It feels off. a little bit like Bobby Hill taking the women's self-defense course <laughs> where he learned how to kick men in the groin. Yes. I don't know. That part of it, I, I felt like it was a bad look for Dan Campbell. Not, not the suggestion of physical violence, just the biting of kneecaps. I, I didn't get that or understand it. Yeah, I, look, I, I know that after that press conference, I was like, man, I don't think this is going to work out. I mostly didn't think it would work out with Campbell just because he runs so hot. You know what I mean? Like he's just so emotional. Like he's going to get burnt out. At yeah, some point. and the team and the team will get burnt out on the message and things like that. Yeah, and it's yeah. all he's evidence, like, most drinks- evidence to the contrary so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a. I mean, that's the big test is guys like that. Um, like true mental toughness is not you know giving the pep talk when everything's awesome and you're O and O. It's what it, what are you doing when when everything is down? And it seems like people genuinely get buy-in from him. So he's the real deal in terms of keeping a, a steady rudder through everything. Yeah. I also know that – I know people in Detroit got frustrated, much in the same way we get frustrated about people not hearing the whole media day when the Astros did their press conference. You only hear the worst of the snippets. People in Detroit got a little bit frustrated. That, look, Campbell actually had a really good press conference otherwise in terms of talking about – the city of Detroit and understanding where the team has been and where they'd like to go and all of that. Uh, I, frankly, I think his overall press conference is probably a lot better than Nick Sirianni's in terms of impressing the local fan base as, uh, as a guy that can be trusted with your football team. A proper segue, because Nick Sirianni's the other one. We're going through press conferences that may have conveyed a coach that would be a short-timer that turned out to be so far a successful coaching hire. Same cycle, the 2021 head coaching cycle. Nick Sirianni was introduced as the Eagles head coach. This one actually did go legitimately poor. Next thing that's very important to me is that we build a smart football team, that we have a smart football team here. And I know we have the the people in place to do that. The first part of that, the first part of being smart is knowing what to do. We're going to, we're going to know, we're going to have systems in place that are easier to learn. All right, complicated to the defense or offense that they're going against or the special teams group they're going against, but easy for us to learn. Because when we can put that, because we, when we can learn our system and we can get good at our system, then our talent can take over. 
Less thinking equals talent takeover, but we need to have systems in place, and we will have systems in place. The less thinking equals talent takeover is still my favorite part. I know a lot of people focus on the first part of being smart is knowing what to do. Yeah. I just like that he came up with some sort of algebra equation about thinking less and thinking talent. thinking equals talent takeover. Yep, yep. Well, you know, and it looked, no, it looked like... Uh, it looked like somebody who'd had a speech prepared for him from somebody else, and he's getting up and delivering a book report yes. on a book that he hadn't read. <laughs> and was just reading the bullet points with no transitions <laughs> totally, or anything. Totally. And, he and, wasn't even saying, like, he wasn't even saying, you know, I've got a saying, which is this, and I've had it for a long time. Right. Less thinking equals talent takeover. No. He was just reading it rote from he one sentence to the next. Staring at the telestrator. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he, um, and, and unlike Detroit, as you've pointed out, Seth, Detroit people take great umbrage with the fact that Dan Campbell gets clowned for that introductory press conference because most of it was, I guess, very, very good. I only chose to watch the parts <laughs> that were believe me. very, very yeah. entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, But I, I can see that. Um, Philly people, not nearly as kind to Nick Sirianni's entire introductory press conference. Ah! If, you t- if you talk to Philly people, they were legitimately frightened at Nick Sirianni's introductory press conference. Philly people, though, also hate their defensive coordinator who has a top three defense. Fair enough. That is right that is touche, yes. The Philly people think that they don't blitz enough despite having ten more sacks than the second-place team in sacks yep. in the NFL. That's fair. They uh, That's just what Philly does. Uh, you know, I, I heard a lot of people say, hey, this Texans introductory press conference with D'Amico Ryans felt a little bit it felt strange having all those players there. Yeah. And I don't I, – I think it was more that it was in the team auditorium, which made it feel more compressed. Because, like, I'm looking at Frank Reich's introductory press conference. They had it in a big wide open space somewhere at their facility. But there were a lot of current and former teammates there, just like they were with the Texans. I mean, last year when Lovey Smith was introduced, it was up in the West Club where there's more space. So I don't think it felt as um, – as crowded. Yeah. I think the fact that in this last press conference, we did it in the team meeting room, which is it's, it's more confined. So yes. I think everything felt a little bit more intense. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. One of, uh, one of Frank Reich's teammates is, looks like he's a cop now, Gerald Williams. Oh. So he's there like uh, in his full gear with his flak jacket on and, and everything with Pete Metzelars and Dwight Stone. Oh, and guys. man, those yeah. are some names right there. Yeah. Metzelars. Metzelars. Yeah. Former Buffalo Bill too, right? Metzelars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was yeah, part of the uh, the old K gun offense. That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so D'Amico Ryan's at his press conference, he, he talked about who inspired him. He's had many inspirations along the way, many coaches that he has taken bits and pieces from. But he said his first inspiration to get into coaching was actually back in college, when his I believe Joe Kynes was the defensive coordinator at Alabama when D'Amico was there. He he had this to say about how he was inspired by a man by the name of Joe Kynes from coaching. Right, it's and uh, it's always been important to me. It really, for coaching, it kind of I got inspired from coaching back in college. My college coach, Joe, Coach uh, Joe Kynes, he really inspired me. One day, he put me on the spot in front of the room and he asked me to make some calls and thought I knew what everybody else around me was supposed to do, and I didn't know. And at that moment, I was like, "Wow." I need to make sure I know what everybody around me, what their job is and how I fit into this puzzle. So if he's trusting me to call on me, he believes that there's something in me and maybe I could be in the coach's shoes. And from that inspiration from Joe Kynes, 
it led me to truly knowing what every position around me, knowing what they had to do, all their assignments and techniques. So if a guy needed help, I could help him out. And that's where that inspiration from coaching started. That's pretty impressive. He's probably 18, 19 years old at the time. And I believe him when he says that's what he was thinking when Joe Kynes went after him in that meeting and said, yeah. hey, man, you need to know where everybody's going to be. Like, that's – that's. Uh, I think it's great that he remembers all that stuff along the way, D'Amico Ryans, and that's pretty impressive that a kid um, at that age would be thinking on that level. Well, know? it is, you know, yeah, and I think that's um, that's kind of – like what a lot of the guys that end up being either good quarterbacks or good coaches or really good defensive minds, um, you know – you hear those stories about him, about just knowing what everybody is doing and having to, you know, want to see the whole 22. By the time he got to the NFL, it had transitioned into him also. You really, really wanted to know exactly what the offense was thinking. Yeah. And that is the part where I feel more at ease about his ability to find and mentor young offensive coaches. Because I think um, something that both he and Nick have talked about um, and I, I think Nick was talking, I think Nick was describing conversations he's had with D'Amico more so, but was like making the other side comfortable, um, uncomfortable. Like if you're a defensive player, how do you make the offensive player uncomfortable and vice versa? And it honestly is, it's a conversation that you have that it's, it's, I don't even know how to frame it because it's so stupid that more guys don't have these conversations. There are a lot of offensive coaches who genuinely don't understand what makes defenses uncomfortable. And there are a lot of defensive coaches that genuinely don't understand what makes offensive coaches uncomfortable. Um, and, and they miss out on a lot of little simple, easy things that they can do to make the other side uncomfortable. And, and D'Amico is a guy that gets it and understands those things, and that's why he's always talking to offensive players. Um, you know, how much a small change in alignment can, can help you as a defensive player. And it's because you understand the psychology of the offensive player and what's going on. Like, I... Like, it was something I never knew. Like, defensive linemen you'll see moving around before the snap. I never really understood how effective it was until I talked to offensive linemen about just how much it screws up their whole world when you change your alignment right before the snap um, and can just throw a hand grenade into everything. And and that's the stuff that guys like D'Amico really try to understand everything from every angle. To do that, it's, like, it's something a lot of, frankly, like a... If you think about, um, uh, think about like a Kyle, uh, Cliff Kingsbury type, like uh, Cliff Kingsbury has never shown one inkling of giving a single damn about defense. Right. And I think it shows in the way his teams were in college. That's not a good head coach. It's just, it's just not. Could it show up too with D'Amico in his ability to actually find good offensive coaches for this team? Like yeah, when you're that, exactly. When yeah. you're that tuned in, I'm saying it shows up in terms of hiring also, right? Like right. finding the right yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say the other reason that D'Amico probably in college didn't want to um, didn't want to uh, fall prey to the wrath of Joe Kynes. For those who don't know who Joe Kynes is, you may have seen this before. This is from like 2006, but it was a pretty memorable clip. Um, you can find it on YouTube. Joe Kynes was the interim head coach for Alabama in their bowl game in 2006 when they fired Mike Shula. And coming off the field, here was the interview at halftime with Joe Kynes. Coach Kynes, it's been a while since you were the head coach. What do you tell your team at half? We just got to stop that little inside trap. You know, the option didn't hurt as much. We played pretty hard. We just got to stop that inside thing. Offensively, we kind of sped it around, got the ball in the end zone. But, you know, defensively, we got to get out off the field on that two-minute drive. With key injuries to your offensive line, what do you do in the second half? Oh, we're going to go play. We just got to keep playing. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> What what year was that? That was 2000, like was 2006. Well, 2006 season, probably 
So that's so probably the year some time. after D'Amico's gone. Yeah, yeah. D'Amico yeah. had been gone for a year See, at that point. If D'Amico was there, it would have been okay because that that inside trap is uh, it's it's uh, your 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 interior defensive linemen aren't responding to it correctly. Um, so D'Amico could have gotten it straightened. Could have cleaned up some of the mess. Yeah, I think yeah. he was saying inside trap. Yeah, He's, I think. He might have been saying boogity back. I don't yeah, know. I don't have a yeah, clue what he yeah. was saying. There was but a he, lot of phlegm to get through there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wouldn't want that guy yelling at me in a team meeting. That's all I know. Like, that would be enough incentive for me. Forget about wanting to learn and become a coach down the road and all that. I would just be like, I don't need to hear that voice again. Well, it's that classic, you know, when the drill sergeant's yelling at you and you can't stop smiling or laughing, like, then it gets worse and worse. I feel like it'd be like that. I got you wipe that smile off your face. <laughs> I Pitter don't gash. to know where all 22 guys on the field are, and you're just sitting here laughing in my face right now. <laughs> you can't stop laughing. You like those teeth you have? You're not going to have them in 10 seconds. You keep smiling at me and laughing at me. Inside trap, inside trap. Um, Patrick, Storm put up a, Patrick Storm put up a poll uh, last week. I think he might have overshot on the number on this, but I like the concept. Um, this was on, um, we got like 1500 votes on this thing. This is February 1st was what last Wednesday. So it's been up for a while, but it's a fair question. Um, that was when we knew D'Amico was going to be the head coach. He'd not been introduced yet, but last Wednesday, Patrick Storm, who writes for uh, Texans wire says, I'll set the over under a two and a half for how many primetime games the Texans will have next year. Obviously draft and free agency will impact this a little bit as well. It certainly will like quarterback is going to impact the profile for the Texans. But right now, Seth, if you had to say over or under two and a half primetime, knowing that they get one because everybody plays a Thursday night Well, game. that's not included as a primetime necessarily. Okay. I okay. guess maybe he was including that. Yeah. I, guess, I mean, because it's not a network TV. It's, it's, it's on the internet. I don't know. So, but it's a primetime slot. Yeah. So I guess. Let's call it so one for purposes I would of say, I would say coming up from their uh, their grand total of one this past season, if you include the Thursday night game, the question is if they draft a quarterback, specifically if they draft Bryce Young, I yes. think, does that get them at least one? I don't think it does, given the strength of the roster or relative lack of the strength of right now. I, I, some of this might depend on the other draft picks, too. Um, but then if they get flexed into one somehow, that would – that would loft them up to three. Yeah, I would take the under on this. The Texans had four primetime games in Deshaun Watson's rookie year, but that was in a year where they had made the playoffs the year before, yeah. and you're adding a national championship-winning uh, quarterback in Deshaun Watson. So that's, and that's four coming off the playoffs with not even a top quarterback draft pick, but a notable quarterback draft pick. They had four. Yeah, I'll say under on the two and a half. I'd yeah. have to go look and see. I have this list somewhere. I have to go look and see who the opponents are this year. Obviously, they play six games in the division. Um, they cross over next year with the a with the uh, NFC. I think the NFC South next year. Yeah. Um, yeah, they cross over the NFC South. That's a bad division. So there's no teams. Boy, that helps though, man. They're gonna play the NFC South. Woo. I just got a little excited about that because those could be some easy yeah. games right there. Yeah, in the AFC, they'll play the Broncos, the Browns, the Steelers, the the, um, the Colts. Okay, obviously the Jaguars and the Titans. Could you see a Could you see a Bryce Young versus Deshaun Watson game in prime time? Yeah, we could, couldn't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that would be interesting. So yeah, a lot of this depends on. Two, hmm, would they go ahead and do that? 
I wonder how many how many primetime games did the Bears have this year? Because the Bears and the Texans had two of the worst rosters going into the season, but the Bears at least had Justin Fields. Yeah. So so the Bears are probably the best example. Whatever the Bears had, you'd have to take at least a half game off of that with the Texans because sure. the Texans don't have the same national following. So um, Bears primetime games going into the season in 2022 – they had three primetime yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, yeah. I thought they were on primetime a few times last so year. So Justin Fields plus a really bad roster, but also being the Chicago Bears, old guard NFL, yeah. had three primetime games. I would take the under then. I, I, I'd say I would say two at most for the Texans. I'm with you. I, I think under yeah. on that one, and, and, and as did people who responded to this poll. Uh, the, under was the, uh, the under was the runaway winner, 73%, said under two and a half. All right, um... Up next, as we roll on here in the 9 o'clock hour, Payne and Pendergast, do we know what type of quarterback D'Amico Ryans might prefer in the NFL draft? Former teammate Dan Orlovsky has a theory. You'll hear it next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Technology. You were sitting through a long break. It's technology's fault. Yeah. Sean and I were just sitting here like... <laughs> oh, boy. We've been sitting here twiddling our thumbs for quite some time now. You and I are like... If you and I were at Chernobyl, we would have totally been the, 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 the two that made it out last. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. We, like, how come everybody's... Do you notice it's quiet? Right, right. No, we would just... Just be What's going on? <laughs> two half-vaporized corpses running out of the place. <laughs> um, Have you seen Ed? 
lately? So, so with that said, we should probably get to this stuff then. So uh, Marcus Spears, I've enjoyed Marcus oh, yeah. Spears throughout this D'Amico Ryan saga. He's like been Marcus one of the Spears has actually watched some Texas. Yes, games. he's been and one of the national voices of reason. Yes, not only does he approve of the D'Amico's hire, D'Amico Ryan's uh, hire. But he also thinks that he knows what which quarterback the Texans need Ooh. in the draft. This team has holes in the roster. I think they got the right guy as the coach, yep. a young guy they've committed to for a period of time in this Houston Texans organization. The other thing is this. I'm going to get Bryce Young. And I know the talk in this draft is going to be about his size and all of that. When you watch Bryce Young play football, people are going to spend money to come see him play football. And also the way that he had to play at Alabama is unlike most quarterbacks that we've seen at the University of Alabama in the last 10 years. He did not have a number one receiver that's going to go top five in this draft. He had some offensive line issues. There was not this team around Bryce Young that made us look at Alabama's football team and say, well, if he just plays okay, they'll steal win i like marcus spears even more now after that cut <laughs> he kind of got me going yeah he might uh he might have sold me on bryce young and uh, i don't think that everybody on the panel wasn't even really expecting draft talk marcus spears is the only i think he's the one person in national television right now who actually has watched the texans and wants to get excited for the texans i don't know maybe he's got a relation with some somebody on the staff or something i don't know but uh he is he seems genuinely excited about this um I think Orlovsky added another element to this, which is interesting because if Orlovsky, if he's going where I think he's going with this, where I think he's going with this, uh, I think uh, he might have a he might have a crazy mock draft coming out soon. Listen carefully to Orlovsky. How much did last week change D'Amico Ryan's thought process? Having to play against that Philadelphia Eagles offense when it comes to yeah. Jalen Hurts and the utilization of the RPO and the zone read because he watched his defense for. 19 weeks this year, played dominant. dominant run football. Yeah. Yeah. And that linebacker, I can't get over Fred Warner and Greenlaw and how great they were. And then you watch them. If I was D'Amico watching that game, I'm like, who are you two? And I would, I'm so, in, I think this is one of the more fascinating things this offseason. How much having to play against that style of offense is going to dictate what D'Amico want, Ryans wants as an offense and as a talent at quarterback? So I, that, that is interesting in just that the top two guys. Uh, in the draft right now are certainly not Jalen Hurts types of dual threat guys. Not even close. Um, yeah, yeah, they're they're mobile enough and they're athletic enough, you know, but just they're not running quarterbacks. They're not guys that are going to threaten you with their legs. Nor do I think you want to try to all of a sudden transform them into that. So I guess I, I feel like I feel like Orlovsky might be setting us up for an Anthony Richardson uh, to the Texans take somehow. Okay. Whether it's uh, I don't know. I don't I, I don't know what the what exactly or uh, Will Levis, excuse me. Will, um, well, or, Will I mean the Richardson yeah. is that also, but he's much thought to be much more raw. Uh, yeah, I know, and I was kind of thinking of both these guys, but Levis would be the, now maybe okay, but maybe he does go Richardson like number two overall or something. That would get a lot of clicks, Sean. Um, but I feel like with Will Levis, there might be a little bit more of that throw him in, let him run. Uh, you know, he's certainly not Lamar Jackson or anything, uh, but he could maybe handle some of that abuse and, and run that kind of an offense better. Along those lines, Matt Miller, ESPN draft analyst, just dropped his latest mock draft a few moments ago. It's funny you should say this, Seth. He's got the Indianapolis Colts trading up to number one, Texan fans' worst nightmare to draft Bryce Young with the first overall pick. Hmm. So Bryce Young to the Colts, now with the second pick in Matt Miller's latest mock draft on ESPN.com. Whoa, 
Will Levis, QB, Kentucky. Here's what he says. Every team that wants a quarterback in this draft should be thinking about jumping the Texans to secure their top-ranked passer, and it wouldn't be out of the question for Houston to move up a spot itself to block others. While Levis is one of the most polarizing players in this class because of his interceptions, 23 over the last two years. Wow, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> he, he, that, I added that. <laughs> I, yeah, added, that's right. <laughs> I added the wow, he's, that's a lot. Uh, he has the best arm talent in the group, along yeah. with very good pocket mobility and toughness. He wasn't surrounded by elite talent at Kentucky and did have a change of OCs that affected his development, but the Penn State transfer has to prove to teams in workouts and interviews that his decision-making can be reworked on traits alone Levis is a top 10 talent. It's on the Texans to see that talent developed. Here's the interesting note. Yeah. One note from the senior bowl, a rival scout I spoke to, this is Matt Miller talking here, a rival scout I spoke to doesn't think Houston will draft a quarterback. That seems hard to believe right now with the quarterback situation so unsettled there. The Texans ranked last in the NFL this season in QBR, 26, but it's something to file away with new coach D'Amico Ryans having a background on defense. Now, before... You're a Texan fan, and you get all worked up over that. This is one rival scout. When I say rival, I'm assuming that means from an organization that the Texans play, possibly a division yeah. scout. I we got to remind people: this is the time of year where people put smoke out there. <laughs> they, sometimes you know they put things out there for their own purposes or whatnot. I would, I, and even if this person weren't, it's one guy saying it to Matt Miller. So it might have been somebody from the Texans basically saying like, "Oh no, we're of course we're not uh, <laughs> exactly we're no interest in a right, quarterback. Right, no, right, not right. at all. Yeah, um, I, I think that. Uh, by the way, uh, people, a couple of people had mentioned that we weren't talking about Draw Johnson. Um, I was going to wait till Lopez came in to do that because he's friendly with Gerard. Yeah. Um, He's by the way, Gerard is interviewing with the Texans for a a, a spot on their staff on the offensive side. Yeah. A spot on their staff, which I know I would be surprised if it was, was it officially, I I saw in some places that it was for offensive coordinator. No, I saw senior offensive assistant. Okay. All right. Okay, good. Cause I mean, he's, he hasn't been a full-time coach in the NFL for long. You know, he was doing private training and teaching for a long time. Um, but he was a quality control guy in 2020 and 2021 with the yeah. Colts, and then assistant quarterbacks coach for the Vikings last year. So I think it would be as a position coach. Yes, that would be interesting. Gerard jo- I love Gerard Johnson, um, like as a as a person and somebody that very much is a kind of a deep thinker when it comes to football. I think so. Yeah, that would be uh, you know for no other reason other than that I think he's a very earnest person and is going to take that job very seriously and obviously has a whole lot of experience. He's, you know, I like backup quarterbacks more than starting quarterbacks when it comes to coaching because those guys have had to really think about it a lot. And if you look at his NFL career, like he's had to learn a lot of different systems. He's got a pretty good grounding in things. Um, so back to the mock draft here. Um, the, uh, you, what are your thoughts on Levis at two or even more so the thought of the Texans not drafting a quarterback at all? I don't think – I think sometimes I'm, – I'm curious about Matt Miller's definition of arm talent um, because I always – I guess, is he just talking about arm strength or is he talking about accuracy and ball placement and all those other things? Because I don't think he's at the same level as those other guys. Um, so he might just be talking about having He's definitely arm. not at the level of Stroud and Young when it comes right, to right. accuracy for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I remain not all that impressed with Will Levis just because of his – Erraticism. Would you rather? Um, they, would you rather they yeah. with the number two pick? Would you rather they draft best defensive player available or Will Levis? Uh, best defensive player available. I'm with you. 
I'm with you. I feel on like that. Josh Allen's going to make Will Levis a lot of money. I feel like Josh Allen is going to turn a lot of coaches into 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 fools for thinking yeah. they can nurture the next Josh Allen. That we can take a guy that wasn't all that accurate ever and turn him into somebody who, turnover prone, inaccurate, yeah. but big, strong, and can run people over. And we'll turn him into somebody that's turnover prone, not all that accurate, but big and strong, and can pull more people accurate over. than he used to be. He's more no, no, no. He's way more accurate yeah. than he used to be. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, with the twelfth pick, hey Ben, uh, give me a little uh, draft juice over there, just because people are probably curious with this mock draft through the Texans with the twelfth pick in Matt Miller's latest mock draft on ESPN.com. The Houston Texans select wide receiver Jordan Addison, USC. You said this last week, Seth, which I thought was was interesting. If they do run the D'Amico, if D'Amico chooses to run the Coop Shanistan system. Yeah. Uh, wide receivers that are able to block downfield are a crucial ingredient in that recipe, and that's not Jordan Addison. No, Jordan Addison's like 170, right? Six Soaking foot wet. 170. Yes, sir. Yeah. I um, I would be surprised if I would be surprised if they go for that. Now, the the flip side of it is okay if we're going Patriots version, then, man, uh, a slippery little slot receiver can be awful, awful good and valuable. That's uh, probably maybe the biggest two. That might be the, one of the biggest differences between maybe what Nick Casario has been around versus what um, D'Amico Ryans has been around. Because even with Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly liked having huge guys play the slot position. Yeah. And then he spent a whole lot of it. So D'Amico played for Chip Kelly, and then he played for, you know, Kubiak and he's coached under Shanahan guys that prefer larger wide receivers. So who wins out in that battle or like, does D'Amico see the value of, I shouldn't say it's a battle, but does, does Nick always want to have a smaller slot guy like that? Or is D'Amico like, no, give me the big beefy dudes. Yep. Jordan. I'm not wild about Jordan Addison at 12. I'm, I like the thinking, which is if you take a quarterback at two going and getting him a weapon at 12, I'm a Quentin Johnston guy from TCU. Yeah, And as Nick pointed out, I'm also a Michael Mayer guy, tight end out of Notre Dame, but I don't know that they're taking him at 12. Um, they actually, well, Quentin Johnson is that big, yes. bullish dude that will He's a monster. You know, you for a first down. He's a yeah. monster. Ooh, quick bonus. This is a two-round mock draft. Ben, give me a quick sounder real quick, real oh, quick. Boy. Yeah. With the 33rd overall pick in Matt Miller's mock draft, the Houston Texans select Dalton Kincaid, tight end Utah. He's a good football player. I like Dalton Kincaid. Mayer went five picks before this, so unfortunately he's not there. But, uh, man, a quarterback, a wide receiver, and a tight end with the first three picks. Dalton Kincaid is just way too much of um, an early 2000s name for me. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can go there. He's just too, he's too much the epitome of Gen Z, I feel like. Uh, he sounds like a rich bully in an 80s movie. There's a little bit of the Kincaid side that, too, yeah. where you a little get it by. Wait, is this some rich prep school kid? Yes. I don't know, man. I don't know. But <laughs> plenty of tough kids at Kincaid, but, you know, there's that perception. Dalton Kincaid. Are we going over the? Are we gonna? Are we if we go to the party at Dalton Kincaid's house? Are we gonna get beat up? Yeah. I was yeah. Like Dalton Kincaid's having a kegger, but I'm not invited. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. He and his goons are gonna beat me up if I show up there. All right. I feel like I'm gonna get beat up by a bunch of goons from Kincaid on my way out of the building. (laughs) Pain and Pendergast with you. I got some goons from Kincaid out in the parking lot. Yeah, I I need security. The toughest kind of goons, the Kincaid (laughs) goons. Yes. (laughs) The kids from Kincaid with their. 
with their bodyguards are out front. Yes. They're, they're going to stick their bodyguards after me. Uh, Nick, uh, Damian Pierce was at the TriStar show this weekend. He gave his thoughts on the D'Amico Ryan's hire, and he said, hey, if it's good enough for this guy, it's good enough for me. You'll hear it next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Live from the Twin Peaks studios. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. We'll talk to John Lopez and Landry Locker in just a little bit. John is back in the saddle today, so he is back. Uh, (laughs) The text page is very, very funny right now. Orlovsky's takes. Because Dan Orlovsky had a take that maybe D'Amico Ryans, after having just lost to Jalen Hurts, might think to himself, man, I need to go get me a Jalen Hurts. I feel like the problem is there's not... I feel like the problem is the problem with the Jalen Hurts take, Sean... Is that people aren't giving enough credit to Jalen Hurts, the person? I feel like they think, like, oh, look at it, look at his athletic attributes. Like, yeah, but there's a whole lot more to him that, you know, Jalen Hurts' leadership ability, his brain, his kind of understanding of team football, all that stuff. It's really easy to say, like, well, just get a, get, go get a Jalen Hurts in the second round. Um, it was just, uh, it, it almost led to it feeling like, Orlovsky was saying the Texans should take either Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Uh, one of our listeners says Orlovsky's takes always start good. Then out of nowhere, they run out of the back of the end zone for some reason. <laughs> He's kind of right. Well, <laughs> yeah. here's the thing. I, I mean, I, I understand Dan's line of thinking. I also say, like, if you're somebody who's subscribed to a certain type of offense as being the offense that you, that you adhere to or that, you know, yeah. the religion that you come from, that you're going to let one game – change your entire thinking of what you go right, get right. as a quarterback and hire hey, as I a never, coordinator? never realized it before, but did you realize <laughs> that, uh, well, especially, especially, look, it was a game in which the 49ers didn't have a quarterback. They didn't, Orlovsky is talking, Orlovsky is talking about that game like, like it just out of nowhere, all of a sudden, the 49ers defense was having a hard time. Right. Where their, their offense couldn't get more than five plays in a row together. Yes. They were they were three and out or five and out on like almost every dive except for that one Christian McCaffrey touchdown drive. Oh my drive. god, that's so. like it's like going through life and you're a you know you're a God worshiping person and life is good and then you have like one bad week and you're like I'm an atheist. That's it. There is no like, God. You know what? You know what? I'll tell you what, Sean. 
there's one thing that I've learned. If you've got a, a running quarterback, you've got a really good shot against a team that has no quarterback. Right. That's, yeah. uh, who can't, I've been on that team with no stay quarterback. On the field. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You've got to have a Jalen Hurts right. if you want to beat a team with no quarterback. That's yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, here was Damian Pierce on the hiring of D'Amico Ryans. Great coach, great hire. Come from a winning background, and um, you know, with the team that in the sense he had with the 49ers, you know, he brings a, you know, another element that we needed in uh, Houston. You know, a breath of fresh air, somebody who's been there before, who knows the lay of the land, the guys who connect with the players. You know, Miss Miss um, Mr. Nick loves them, so uh, you know that's a that's a big testament of uh, if, if Nick vouches for you, you know, that's somebody I want on my team too. And not only if if Nick loves him, but Nick smiled. Actually, Anytime smiled. you get Nick smiling. You know, that's a good sign. You know, niggas guy who don't show me any teeth, and uh, he was showing all 32 when in the interview I saw. So that's a good sign, and uh, I'm going to take that and run with it. All 32, as Seth pointed out earlier, possible that Damian Pierce was a dental, pre-dental student at Florida. He was able to get the exact number of teeth in the human skull. I think one thing I, uh, I realized is that there will be some kind of a reckoning between Damian Pierce and, uh, and Nick Casario over who is D'Amico's BFF. I feel like D'Amico and Nick are both going to try to claim that they're D'Amico. Or excuse me, um, Damian and Nick are both going to try to claim that they're D'Amico's BFF, and it could get ugly. It'll be one but, of the biggest storylines of training camp, the jealousy um, between Nick Casario and Damian Pierce. I do think, as far as the Orlovsky thinking that the Texans might end up taking a, a running quarterback somehow, I don't know which how that would come about. Um, I, I do think that... Marcus Spears' point that the Texans should take Bryce Young because Marcus Spears loves Bryce Young so much. I do wonder if D'Amico's experience in San Francisco would lead him to think, you know what? Yeah, look, just keep taking shots at quarterbacks upside. And as long as you build everything else around him, you can win while still finding that guy. That might lead them to say, all right, look, yeah, Bryce Young is tiny. Nobody knows what to expect in this modern NFL where – Bryce Young's smaller than anybody we've seen, but he also isn't going to get hit as hard as guys did in the past. Let's just go for it and see what happens. John Lopez is here. John, how are you? It's good to see you. You're back. You too. I am uh, feeling great. Yes. In a number of ways. Good. Yeah, I would imagine. This is your first crack at D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man, it was was an incredible week. week. Yeah. Uh, It was... Better than I expected in terms of just reception and and really there's just the way that he handled everything. Yes, and it was it was it couldn't have gone better uh, in, in in any way. What do you got going on on the show today? Man? All right, so uh, we're going to talk about uh, well, first of all, uh, Gary Kubiak joins us at twelve thirty. Oh, it's twelve thirty. Yes, yes. Gary Kubiak nice. joins us at twelve thirty. Yes. So That'll he'll have plenty plenty to say. Drafted D'Amico, uh, and uh, obviously we're going to talk about the, this this. This is what really struck me. My takeaways uh, of the whole week was there's a new Nick in town, uh, yeah, and, and that dynamic between he and uh, he, he and uh, D'Amico is worth exploring, and I think it's very very important. Too. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And you, and your guy Gerard is interviewing for a job. Uh, Gerard has interviewed. It was uh, pretty uh, a proud moment. Yeah, and I think uh, I think there's something there too that that he can offer that others can't. And uh, it has to do with the quarterback position. I'm guessing that'll come up on the that show will today come as, up well. as well. It's good to see you. You too, my All man. All right, thank you. It's good to have John Lopez back. Seth, antibodies to you. Antibodies to you, and I look forward to you guys grilling Gary Kubiak about why Ben Tate was in his doghouse. Yeah, <laughs> let's reek. You let's... should just start, just start bringing up old stuff. Yes. From any of that. Yes. What were you why thinking, did, Gary? Why did you wait so long to fire Joe Marciano? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> right. Joe, I got issues with your game plan and the game against the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are done. 
done. We're out of time. We'll see you all tomorrow at 6 a.m. In the Loop is up next. Antibodies to you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.